Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. And our guest tonight is Jesse Hubbard from the Great Southern Whiskey Bar at the Great Southern Hotel, which is a Weston property um, in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome, Jesse. Thanks for coming tonight. Thank you guys so much for having me. Hello. We appreciate it. You're pretty much new to the Great Southern Whiskey Bar. When did you start? I've been there about, I guess, seven, six or seven months now. I started in July, whatever that makes it. And seven, seven months. you came here from my hometown, Louisville, Kentucky. Whoop, whoop. I did, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. What brought you here? Well, uh, it was actually family reasons. Uh, my wife and I came here um, because she's from Michigan, and my family have settled in southern Ohio about an hour and a half from here. So this puts us more centrally located. Um, and, you know, as we talk about having a family ourselves in the future, we want to be closer to everybody. And that was uh, in and of itself kind of a scary thing to get out of your comfort zone. Uh, we lived in Louisville for about five years and I worked really hard to try to establish myself as somebody in the industry there. And I like to think I did a fairly good job of that. And you know everybody and uh, you know you, you really um, forge some solid friendships. Mm-hmm. And to get up and decide to move away from all of that is definitely outside of the comfort zone in a sense to kind of start all over again. And um, you know I've really enjoyed uh, being here. I've enjoyed the challenge of that. And uh, so far, I love the city. Well, welcome to Columbus. We're very happy that you're here Thank because you. you are a skilled bartender and we always appreciate <laughs> one more skilled bartender Thank in you. our Thank great you. town. Uh, so where were you? What did you do in Louisville? So um, I worked for a couple different places there, most recently a brewery called Monica Beer Company. Um, so they, they're in the Germantown area of Louisville and probably about two or three years old, about three years old now maybe. Um, so I was the bar manager there. And aside from the beer, there was a, a big emphasis on craft cocktails as well. And that really appealed to me. I uh, had met their owner from my prior job as the beer buyer at a place. And when their opening became available, they reached out to me and it was a perfect fit. And I, I really loved it there. I loved the people there. It was bittersweet to leave, um, especially, you know, not just leaving the job, but, you know, like I said, to a new city and state. Uh, and, but it was it was amazing. I really met a lot of great people in that in that area. So is it really different now that you're working for a hotel, basically? It's very different. Uh, I, I've never worked for a hotel before. Honestly, I haven't had too much experience working for a large corporation before. A lot of the places that I've worked in my career have either been like individually private owned or maybe a small local chain of three or four or something like that. So it, it is different in the sense that to make something happen, I can't just do it, mm-hmm. right? I can't mm-hmm. just decide to change uh, this on the menu. I can't just decide to change the decor, things like that. And I do have a lot of creative freedom there, but I have to go through the proper chain and to approve it because of brand standards and things of that nature um, before I could just go directly to the owner and say, hey, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your nay. So yeah. let's say you have a cocktail in mind. You've been mm-hmm. thinking, uh, we've learned from our podcast that bartenders think of they're lying in bed at night thinking sure. of different cocktails. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when you think of a cocktail, you have it in your, you go to work and, and what do you have to like explain the cocktail or what do you got to do to get it approved to go on the menu? No, it's more along the lines of, uh, the menu has to, to meet certain brand standards. It has to have so many 
cocktails that uh, fit a certain description that they have and it has to have non-alcoholic cocktails or at least we have to have placement somewhere in there. So I, I do have the freedom to change the cocktail menu uh, and we're going to be changing it for the spring and I'm excited about that. But you, I have to get approval far in advance because it has to line up with the executive chef and you know and everything of that nature. So it's a little bit more involved, but I absolutely love it there because along with you know a little bit of the hoops that you have to jump through become a lot of you know the 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 pros to the job in that there's you know uh, there's a there's a great group of people there that are all in it for the right reasons. Uh, we've got people that have been there for five ten years and um, they just they really love it and they're invested. And so it's kind of rare, I guess, for somebody like myself to come on and and uh, join that group because it seems like everybody's been there for so long, uh, with a couple of rare exceptions. But at least in the food and beverage department, and uh, you know, it's you know, there's there's so many uh, uh, great meetings that we that we all participate in, from the general manager of the hotel to sales to myself, and we really come away with some great ideas. I'm fairly involved with the social media uh, there, and. Even though it's a large company, I really feel that my voice is heard and that it carries a little bit of weight and people value my opinion. So that means a lot. It almost means more because it is such a big company. Right. That's nice. I like to, I like to hear that. I mean, Mm -hmm. we, we, you're on our cocktail tour and Mm -hmm. we'd like to hear that the places that are on our tour, they, they treat their employees well. Otherwise we wouldn't want them on our tour. Yeah. It's been an absolutely great experience. I really feel fortunate that I, landed there because coming to a city where I didn't know any bar from the next and you know navigating online where to go and you know doing interviews I'm like this is not the place for me and as soon as I came in there uh, I just felt like that's where you know I want to be at this hotel and this this bar and this is really cool and they had just started changing over to the whiskey bar concept and rightly before that and um like it was meant to be, right? Coming from Louisville yes. to a whiskey bar in Columbus, it made it a lot easier because uh, you know, it certainly filled some of my passions uh, working at a place like that. So, and it's cool to see it evolve, and you know, I'm excited to where we can take it. Well, Jesse, if I could give you any advice uh, for the renovations of the bar, um, I'm very disappointed, I have to say, and I did uh, express this to Jason and John, mm-hmm. the managers there. I loved all of the James Thurber's lithographs that were on the walls because James Thurber's mother lived there mm-hmm. and his brother, and he visited often. And they removed those and put up four TVs. Like, who needs four TVs? Come on. They <laughs> they brightened it up and added TVs. That kind of kills me for a whiskey bar. So I wish they would, like, tone it. Is that a, is that a brand standard that thing? That was... Okay, so something that they kind of decided on before I started, but I have good news for you. Next time you'll come back, you'll be excited to find that all of the paintings and drawings are back up. Yay! <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So we do have the TVs though, but we're working on I envision a almost like a cigar lounge kind yes. of vibe. So we're going to be uh, refurbishing a lot of the uh, the interior and uh, the paintings are the first step. Why can't you still have the paintings up just because it's a whiskey bar? Exactly. Don't ignore the history. That's something that not necessarily anybody and else it's, has. And it's like our yeah. story. It's the story that we tell when we go there, when we take our guests there. Yeah. And, and when there are no more Because James... the Great Southern has so much history. Yeah. And I thought that was a big fail. But I'm glad to They're hear all that that's back coming up. back. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? So since you're from Louisville, I know you've been to the Sealback Bar. Oh, yeah. I love that place. And remember how it was, though, before the renovation mm-hmm. and after the renovation. I mean, mm-hmm. the renovations horrified me. Like, it didn't feel like the old school 
whiskey bar mm-hmm. that that it used it to be. It feels like a different bar from the rest of the hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It doesn't fit. Yeah. So I feel like they made that same mistake when they did the renovations there, but hopefully they'll correct. I think sometimes people just want to do something different, right? Yeah. And just for the sake mm-hmm. of doing something different. Mm-hmm. Rebrand. This new idea we're doing will change what's on the walls. And then everybody realized everybody enjoyed that. That's what made you unique. That's what made you stand exactly. out. So I didn't know anything other than the TVs and kind of blank walls. So we started talking about that. I'm like, I think that's really cool. Mm. You know, learning about that and yeah. the history. And uh, so, and yeah, we picked a bunch of really fun ones and we have them back up. And some of them, I'm we so found glad. any of them that we could that really kind of directly relate to drinking or bars. And there mm-hmm. maybe a few like that. So perfect. Yeah. And you know, it's haunted there. I I know. Do you know the story? Because I do. I know a few different stories. <laughs> I was uh, there for one of the ghost tours on Halloween. I learned some stories, but well, let's hear what you have. So Ophelia was a Ophelia. nice... <laughs> Personally? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> she was a nice uh, German girl here in Columbus. And back then, they still had arranged marriages. And so she, her parents had arranged for her to marry a nice German boy. Mm-hmm. But she fell in love with an Italian boy. And when her dad found out about it, he went to the Italian boy and paid him to leave town. So he took the money and he left town. And Ophelia found out, of course, was crushed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But her mother convinced her to go through with the marriage. And so she did. But when she was on the balcony at her reception to throw the bouquet off the balcony, she instead threw herself off the balcony to her death. So I've heard different versions of the same story. Do you, it, was it an accident or was it an intentional? It was intentional. Okay. Yeah. She was so distraught. But I've heard differing stories that the Italian guy didn't actually take the money. Her dad just told her that. I think he took the money and ran. Yeah. <laughs> that little bastard. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, I have not seen too much there, but I've seen a couple little things that are weird. Here's the interesting thing to me. This hotel was uh, from 1897. Yeah. This is only the third oldest place that I've worked. <laughs> I've worked oh, wow. In, worked in a couple different places that were built in the 1860s. Oh, wow. So I've worked at a few different places, and I've heard my fair share of stories, and I've seen my fair share of things. Uh, so, What's the weirdest thing? The weirdest thing anywhere? Um, well, I'll tell you. The, we'll start with where I'm at now, okay. at the whiskey bar. Uh, this is all on the same night. This is really interesting right around Halloween. So you guys know the little uh, lamps that we have in the bar with uh, uh, the glass um, bulbs, uh, or the glass encasings, rather. So we're sitting there, uh, relatively slow night. We had a group in, maybe like 10 people or whatever, and uh, I'm working the bar. Nobody's standing next to one at the far end of the bar all of a sudden. It it didn't just fall. It kind of went and dropped. So it it went like a foot to the right and dropped in the air. it was the weirdest thing that I've seen there. The woman who was sitting probably three bar stools away from it was terrified. Uh, and we were just kind of like, you know, did it really happen? Did anybody, what, what was that exactly? And we all kind of conferred that it, it really did just move a foot to the right in the air and it dropped and it shattered everywhere. And those things are on there good too. They're not, they're not loose. You cannot really move them. So that was really interesting. Uh, and that prompted a couple different ladies that were um, at one of the tables in the bar to come over and start telling me some of the stuff that happened to them in the last couple of days. They were in town from, uh, I think New York it was. And 
Uh, there's another story about what happened on the seventh floor or the, the DJ. DJ, yeah. The DJ that was killed under really weird circumstances is what I understand. So these women were staying on the sixth floor, didn't know anything about the place being haunted. This is like two days before Halloween, mind you. Um, and we, we all just witnessed that happen. And they came up and they asked me, is this place haunted? And I said, well, because you don't want to say absolutely. You don't know, you know, you're sleeping there at night. I said, like, well, I don't know. And they said, well, let me tell you what happened to me. Woman says, I woke up in the middle of the night and somebody was whispering in my ear and I'm staying alone in my room. Yikes. I said, what floor are you staying on? She says, the sixth floor. Oh. <laughs> the woman next to her, she said, I heard people like moving around all night long, like running and jumping on the floor above me. I don't know what was going on. I said, what floor were you on? She said, the sixth floor. There is nothing on the seventh floor. It's only storage. And we, they never, ever go in there. It was a dance hall. Mm. Many, many, many years ago. Oh. And there's also the man who was killed. It was either in between the, in the stairwell between the sixth floor and the seventh floor, or it was on the seventh floor. But I just kind of left it at that. And I'm like, well, I don't know. It could have been just the guys up there moving stuff around or whatever. Yeah. They started doing a bunch of research on their phones, put two and two together. And then they uh, you know, would not stop asking me questions that I didn't know all the answers to. But there was something going on for that span of days. I don't know what had to do with the energy in the hotel. Wow. I don't even know if I believe in that kind of stuff. But it's hard to dismiss it whenever you see stuff like that and hear stories like that. Sure. Um, wow. It's probably because the cra- the Columbus Craft Cocktail Tour brought the haunted scavenger hunt tour there. So there, like, <laughs> there it is. Those are my people. But that's not even the weirdest thing that I've ever seen, in uh, out of all the places that I've worked. Um, the weirdest that you asked about was. I think we talked about this a little bit. There was uh, it was my first job in the rest restaurant industry. Uh, this place called the Emmett House in uh, Waverly, Ohio. Unfortunately, it no longer exists. But it was built 1861, 1862, and uh, I'm dating myself a little bit. But this was about 2002, whenever I started working there. And you know, there was a lot. There was a lot of paranormal activity supposedly taking place there. We, you know, they really. You played it up too because people enjoyed it. Yeah. It was featured on a couple shows and had some was in the books and stuff. Um, and there was a ton of stories and a ton of different things that happened there. But the weirdest one, the creepiest one out of, out of all of them was we were closed on Sundays and um, nobody was ever really in there. The owners maybe for payroll early in the day. But this was the wee hours of the morning, uh, like one in the morning, maybe into, into Monday morning. And I was close by uh, at a local gas station, and I saw a bunch of cop cars and everything coming over to the Emmett House, and kind of, you know, like, well, I'm gonna go check what's going on. You know, this is kind of kind of scary. So I go over there and met a couple of the people that, that a couple of the owners, a couple of other employees that live close by, and everybody kind of came over. Apparently, there was a break in, so we all go in, we're checking it out, and there's no really signs of anything going on, but something tripped the alarm. We couldn't figure out what it was. So there's probably about five different stories. You know, counting everything on the Emmett House. The second floor was uh, where the offices were, security cameras and, and so on and so forth. So a couple of us go up uh, and uh, we're watching the cameras. We rewind the camera a little bit and we're kind of checking out to see what could have happened. And the cops are down there still looking at everything. And we see a little girl all dressed in white running from, I have goosebumps right now just thinking about it, running from the... Uh, the bar side into you know the seating in the next room over no shit yeah and it's on camera it was on tape 
And wow. uh, did the cops catch her? I'm just uh, kidding. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, the doors were still locked. It was the crazy thing. Like nobody got in, nobody got out. Wow. It was on. It was faint. It wasn't like a plain as day, like it was a person, but you could tell what it was. And it was a little girl. And wow. Creepy. That is creepy. That was, you know, like, and we go back to live, and the cops are still down there milling around. It's with the employees, and there's nothing. There's nothing. Wow. That so was, that was weird. So, so listeners, don't, don't let um, the ghosts of Ophelia or the DJ or whatever um, concern you if you ever go to the Great Southern. Um, <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful historic hotel. And I've never had anything happen there. But I think it would be cool to see Ophelia because I've heard that some guests see her walking the halls yeah, in I've her wedding dress. And uh, so, yeah. It makes me wonder, have I ever served a ghost <laughs> and not know about it if, if i were a ghost i would be <laughs> that's where i There's would a be thought, right yeah it's fun i mean i you know we have fun with it and it's a it's something to talk about it but is it's it it lends itself to the history and the fun of yeah. going to the great yeah. southern for Absolutely. sure yeah fun creepy <laughs> <laughs> all right so i think we're at the point in the program where uh Jesse, you are going to make us a cocktail. What are you, yeah. you going to make for us tonight? So I've been uh, tinkering with something that I had on a menu at one of the old places that I worked. Uh, and I've incorporated some of the uh, the local products from some of the uh, distilleries here in town. So I was very pleasantly surprised when I came here of the quality of um, the stuff that they're putting out. Because I'd never had anything from Midwest mm-hmm. or Watershed or any of those guys. So it's kind of my riff on a a perfect Manhattan, but using some of the local products that we have here in town. Awesome. Wonderful. Okay. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to taste Jesse's perfect Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And we are back with Jesse's riff on a perfect Manhattan. So tell us how you made this, Jesse. Okay. So... Uh, I wanted to incorporate as many of the local products that I enjoy as possible. Uh, so I um, did uh, the Middle West Spirits Rye, which I absolutely love, uh, mixed with um, some Watershed uh, Nocino and a little bit of Middle West uh, bourbon barrel-aged uh, maple syrup, which is fantastic. Mm, that's so good. Oh, so good. I love that stuff. <laughs> so um, balance that with uh, some dry vermouth couple dashes of uh, Woodford's uh, spiced cherry uh, bitters and uh, I made some maple glazed walnuts for the garnish. Yum. I really enjoy sweet. I tend to veer sweet when I do cocktails sometimes too much so so I have to have people rein me back in because I love it so much but um, I think this is uh, perfect for the cold days we've been having out there right right. now. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers Cheers to you guys. Salute. (laughs) I always make hands very clink my glass and look me directly in the <laughs> eye. That's really nice. I'm glad you like it. Mm. The maple so, syrup is nice. I can taste it, but it's not overwhelming. God, that yeah. maple syrup is like, it fell from heaven. Like, it's so good. And it's it, 100% Ohio yeah. maple syrup that they age in their bourbon barrels for one year. And it's really fun to work with. I had my, my wife help me as I was tweaking this because I have probably the biggest sweet tooth. I, that she knows of. And I was like, bring me back in. Is it too sweet? She's like, no, it's good. Because she does not have a, that big of a sweet tooth. I'm so. totally eating this walnut Oh, yeah, right you should. Yeah. I love candied nuts. Yeah. Holy shit, that was good. Oh, that yeah. Was really good. Oh, yeah. 
And I love the, nochi, the watershed nochino. Mm-hmm. We got my dad a bottle of this for Christmas. It's just uh, amazing. And yeah. it's made right here in Columbus. It's, it's the first really nochino cool. that I've had American made that I, I really do like. Yeah, same. And I wanted to swap up, you know, some of the stuff that I used. It's kind of evolved, so this is probably going to be something that we put on the menu as we try to change it up a little bit. I feel like you could drink this hot, too. Could you not heat this up, like, for, like, a wassail? In- I'm sure it'd be great that way, too. I feel like it would be. Yeah. I would cure what ails you, right? <laughs> sure will. It's delicious. <laughs> probably doesn't matter what temperature it is for that. <laughs> That's true. Really good cocktail. Thank so you, thank you. It, can this... Is this on the menu currently, or will it be in the future? It will be in the future. And do you have a, a name for it yet? Uh, yeah, I call it Noon as Dark as Midnight. Um, it's a little bit darker than um, some of the other Manhattans that we've done there. And um, I think that, that suits it. So that's kind of the plan is, you know, right now we have some holdovers from a past cocktail menu. We have some original creations on there that we've added to it. Um, but it's always the balance of being at a hotel is something that I'm kind of still adjusting to. I try not to get too over the top of their cocktails, even though I would like to at times, uh, cause we have so many people coming in that, you know, from all walks of life for different, you know, different reasons. So we try to keep it, um, you know, craft, fresh ingredients, you know, really well done, but also approachable. And I, but I hope that we can kind of elevate it a little bit more in the future. If you had a person come in and say, I like bourbon, I like a sweet, mix me up something, would this be your go-to or what would you... Probably right now because I'm you know, i excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something that I have on there called the Badlands uh, that I came up with and I think it's very approachable. But it's, I think it's, you've made that for us. I believe I have. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, it's kind of a... A crossover between an old-fashioned Manhattan. You know, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's nothing crazy. Uh, but it takes elements of both of those that I enjoy. A little bit of the sweet, a little bit of the spice. Uh, but it's unique in and of itself. And uh, I think that kind of scratches that itch for somebody. If, you know, they come in and it's like, what do you guys have that's a little bit, you know, different or whatever. But, but you know, this is what I like. You know, I'm like, okay, well, there you go. That's an, that's an easy uh, suggestion. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, somebody comes in and they want something off the menu and we can kind of play with it and have fun. We've got a great... A great uh, crew there behind the bar, so everybody's, you know, very, very uh, skilled. Yeah, yeah, that's always good. Yeah, it's great. So, what's your favorite part about being a bartender? Wow, so many things. Um, you know, I I love the interaction with people. Mm-hmm. I think you have to like people. Yeah. And I, I really like just talking to people, and um, you know, I I love cocktails. I love craft beer. I enjoy, um, you know, really not just learning about the city, but I'm starting to get to a point where people come in from out of town. I can make some recommendations, which is kind of fun. Um, but there's so many things I really feel like. Do you recommend that they take the Columbus craft cocktail tour? Every time. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Directed to you guys online. So this is when the next event is. <laughs> no, no, we love having you guys there for that. That's a lot of fun. So we Definitely, we you know, mentioned that to people. But that's really what it is. It's just, you know, the, the creative aspect of being able to come up with, you know, it's hard to come up with anything that's truly original anymore, but you just have to riff on something and, you know, try to come up with something and make it your own and, uh, and just play around with it and tinker. And it's it's that and the, um, you know, the, uh, the uh, you know, uh, recipe sessions with uh, the rest of the staff. And it just, it's, it's all great. It's 
it's kind of my second career and that I stumbled into and uh, I really you know feel like this is what I was meant to be doing all along I absolutely love it if you have somebody in the in the bar that is obviously intoxicated so with most bars they wouldn't be able to serve them Mm -hmm. but you're in a hotel bar yeah so do you say are you staying here and if they say yes do you are you just keep serving them if they say no you just say you're cut off or how do you No, that's a great that's a great question and it is very interesting and very unique how you know how it's different being in a hotel bar um we are a little bit you know um I guess more careful about how we handle that than anywhere else. Cause normally it's, you know, you have too much to drink, you know, get the fuck you know, out. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, can't do that here. Cause a lot of these people spend a lot of money to be there. Yeah. And you have to kind of handle it with kid gloves a little bit more. Um, but that being said, if somebody's intoxicated to the point where they're just noticeably so, then we're, we still have to cut them off. We just have to really, you know, really handle it delicately um they won't remember tomorrow anyway (laughs) (laughs) hopefully not i mean there has been some situations where you know some people who are guests there have been not just too drunk but they've been you know a nuisance to other guests yeah that's when it's a problem right? it's a problem because you're not the only person staying here you know they're just have just as much as right to enjoy themselves here as you do so please you know be mindful of that. So you just got to really come to somebody as their friend and try to, you know, and 99 out of 100 times, somebody will be receptive to that. There's and always, the bulk of your guests are wedding guests, right? They're there for a wedding. So, and well, that's like weekends, amateur yeah. hour anyway. Yeah. It's like St. Patrick's Day every freaking weekend. Yeah, I tell you, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's something else, most definitely. So that's a little bit easier because they're going to be gone. I mean, I've had to, you know, yell at guys like, "What are you doing? Don't stand on top of the bourbon barrels. Or like, you know, put your shoes back on. You know, what are you, what are you doing? It's amazing to me some of the stuff that people think they can do." What's the What's the craziest shit somebody's done in your bar so far since you've been there? Um, let's see here. There's nothing that really has been too out of this. Oh yeah, well, okay. There was this guy who was clearly intoxicated and you know he was harmless enough but he was kind of annoying and there was uh, a kid that came in who had just turned 21 he was with his parents i guess it was some other relatives or whatever small group of like eight people and you know the guy thought he was making a nice gesture you know but he was like slurring he showed up this way mind you we didn't serve him to the point he got this way we gave him one drink and he was okay this guy's too far gone so he was really uh pushy with trying to buy this kid some shots for his birthday it's a nice thing to do some buy your 21 sure. or whatever but he wouldn't take no for an answer mm. so it got to the point where you know his parents were kind of like hey, nervous but stepping in that it's okay he just wanted to have a beer and the guy would not stop and he kept you know pushing 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 finally he started calling his parents names started insulting the rest of people in his family and it was really <laughs> It was really weird and aggressive because it's going to win friends. Yeah, it's, it did not win friends, and you know, obviously, I had to step in and you know get the guy out of there, and uh, I had to physically remove him, which is something that is also a delicate situation being mm-hmm. where we are because we do have security. Um, I'm no stranger to having to handle situations like that on my own, but we ha- can't really do that ourselves here. But this was a situation where I couldn't wait on anybody to right. show up. I had to get him out of there now. Yeah. Um, so. The bright side of that was he was a guest, didn't have to make him pay for his tab, got him out of the bar, and we could just charge it to his room later. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about do eating, you, eating the cost of that. Do you 
charge extra? Like, is there an extra line item for being a douchebag at your bar? Uh, if only we could put a sign up that said that. <laughs> it may be frowned upon, but oh, goodness. If you're a douchebag, 20% will be added. It should be in all caps on their bill that you slide under the door because you were a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> or and had to item, be physically baggery. removed from our yeah. bar. Well, I'll, Here's a hundred dollar bill. I'll put a, bill. a word in for that. Maybe we're going to make that happen. <laughs> I'm sure that'll go over well. <laughs> no, it's it's a great bar. I love going there. Um, and I I would love for you guys to get more busy for you, but I kind of like that it's never too busy in there. Like there's mm-hmm. just the right amount of people, and you can still hear everyone talk and. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that is nice. It's for my for myself. I, I enjoy going to a bar like that. You know, Monday through Thursday, we've got a lot of our business guests, and um, you know, scatter amount of people throughout the evening. It's very pleasant. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we get Friday, Saturday night for the weddings. You know, we get 70, 80 people coming in all at once at like eleven or midnight. You know, and mm-hmm. it's just like any other typical bar. But for the most, for the most part, it is exactly the way you described it, mm-hmm. and that. You know, I think you reach a certain point in your life whenever that's the kind of bar you want to go to. You want to yeah. be able to talk to people right. and right. have conversations and not have to pay, you know, $20 for a whiskey and stand around and not even be able to find a seat. Right. So, it, I get it. So you have a little event called Women and Whiskey. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the host of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, she really knows her stuff. I think it's uh, definitely something that I would go to myself if I, uh, you know, didn't work there already. But I get a benefit because I just get to sit there and enjoy and just listen myself. Do you think it's fun? I think it's a lot of fun. I mean, we really do love having you guys there for that kind of stuff. And, and honestly, I think that, you know, we both, you know, you know, benefit from that sort of thing because we love having that relationship with you guys where you want to come and, you know, and include us in part of that and, um, you know, gives you guys another spot to come to. And, uh, you know, really, as we continue to expand on our whiskey selection, I think that's something that, um, you know, is good for everybody. But it helps uh, helps us everything like that that we can be involved in when you guys do the craft cocktail tour whenever you do the whiskey tastings and stuff like that it helps us a little bit more uh get the word out you know because Mm -hmm. with the rebrand and and things like that there's not a lot of people that really know about us locally yet yeah and it's a goal for me to be known locally and not just a place where people come because it's part of the hotel right you know I, i that's i think a big part of what i'm supposed to do there Mm. and And that's one of the things that we've always tried to highlight as the tour is Mm -hmm. those lesser known bars that are still awesome Mm -hmm. and ought to be frequented but people just don't know about yet so what was so amazing was um you guys when it was thurber's bar um you guys were one of the first on our on our tour when we created it and i sat down with the general manager at the time and the head chef Mm -hmm. and like they were so into pairing the small bites with the cocktails like they were just so attentive and they just wanted to make everything perfect and they still do that and you guys kind of go overboard with it i mean with the so much food and so many great cocktails it's just a wonderful experience and then it it's such an easy place for us to go because (laughs) of the great food the great cocktails and then the great history absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. so that's different yeah, you know, it adds something a little bit different to the tour that maybe other places. I mean, the history alone. Yeah, you know exactly. So and we, it's been we, fun learning about the history too. We love having you guys there, so it's it's really you know, we certainly look forward to just those events, and uh, you know the next tour is going to be fun. Yeah, looking forward to that too. So, how do you feel about this cocktail, Blair? Oh, I like it a lot, but I, again, you know me, 
Manhattans are <laughs> definitely my top five. So any riff on that is mm-hmm. just a, a great experience for me. Yeah. So I love, um, I, I also really, really love Middle West Spirits Rye. Um, the dark pumpernickel rye is what it is. Yeah, truly. it's fantastic. It's it's. I'm not usually a rye person. It's usually too spicy, but this is no. But the that's why you use. Sweet. But that's why you use the rye in a drink like this because it cuts some of the sweetness out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love the no chino paired with the rye. There's just some. That's like a really good. A really good pairing. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really happy that you guys enjoy it. Well, Jesse, thank you so much for coming out tonight in this frigid weather (laughs) that we're having. Uh, It's my pleasure. This has been a lot of fun chatting with you guys, having some drinks. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for coming. We really appreciate it. And um, if people want to come to the uh, Women in Whiskey tastings, we're doing it the second Tuesday of every month at the Great Southern uh, whiskey bar mm-hmm. you can find tickets on our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com where you can also find tickets to our cocktail tour and also uh tour dates um and we're also launching a new i know i've mentioned this several times before but um we're doing small talk which are stories from bartenders so if you have a story that you'd like to share drop us an email at info at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com and we'll send you a phone number where you can call in your story and we'll share it with everyone. Um, also, like us on Facebook, Instagram, follow us on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts. We're, we're on everything, right? Pretty much. Uh, what was the new thing we just got on? Spotify. Yes, thank you. We're on that now. So we're on everything. So... Uh, subscribe to our podcast so that you get alerted whenever we have a new podcast drop. Uh, thank you to our producer, Greg Hansberry. And thank you to the biographer who composed and performed our original music. And Blair, you want to take us out? Sure. Always remember to drink responsibly, tip appropriately, and always be cocktail curious. Cheers, Cheers. everyone. Cheers. Cheers.